to what the fertility. We only have a couple more episodes left of season two, which is crazy. Um, but we are so excited to have news personality Katie Krause Mork on with us today. She is an Emmy winner seen on Entertainment Tonight and Extra TV, and she is a founder and CEO of Novalin Fertility. Their goal is to provide at-home fertility health testing kits for an affordable cost. Uh, we can't wait for you to share your personal journey that led to your sweet baby girl and tell us all about Novel Infertility. So welcome, Katie. Oh, thank you so much um, for having me. And also, I just want to say, like, I love your guys' podcast and what you've done and how open you've been about your own personal journeys. And I think it's been, um, it was helpful for me and I'm sure for so many others. So thanks. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. We're so excited that you're on and like I said, you, I know you have now a business all around fertility as well, which is so cool that that started just kind of, I guess, through your own fertility journey. Is that right? Yeah. So that's exactly right. Um, it's, it's crazy. And I guess I'll give you a little bit of the backstory, but I think, so yes, now I'm a new mom. My baby is eight weeks old. She turned eight oh. weeks yesterday and uh, it was an IVF. Thank you. It was an IVF, um, pregnancy. So I'm so grateful to science. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but I guess I'll start from like the beginning, like Jason and I, you know, we met later in life, he was 39 and I was 34. And I guess a few months into it, we had the talk, you know, do you want children? But at the time, I never thought that it would ever be a struggle, right? You just think, oh my gosh, I finally met my person. I want to enjoy this relationship. Um and then I think around like 35 or so, we had the talk, like, I'm going to freeze my eggs. Do you want to be a part of this and make embryos with me? We now, did that. Is like engaged at this point or were you just still dating? So I think we were engaged. Let's see. We got engaged exactly a year after. I think we started having to talk about freezing the eggs and like doing that whole thing before we got engaged. And then a couple of weeks after we got engaged was when we did our first retrieval. Oh, wow. That's exciting. Um, and, you know, thank God for, for Jason and for having a partner who is so like supportive and on board with that. Cause I know it can <laughs> cause some people to like flee or run or be like, whoa, this girl's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he was like super on board. Um, and then when we went in, it was like not ideal. And of course it's not something that you think could happen to you. Like, I just, I was like, oh, we're going to make embryos and then we'll plan our wedding and then maybe we'll need them and maybe we won't. And, every, you know, you just don't think that it's going to happen to you, I guess, which is maybe naive. Yeah. Um, I feel like and, most people feel that way. Like, it's just going to be so easy. It's just like this fairy tale thing. I think we all just like feel like it's going to be yeah, until it's not. Exactly. <laughs> until it's not. Yeah. Um, and so we only, I think that first retrieval, I think we got six we got, we made, yeah, six eggs were retrieved. Three of them made it to blast and then three turned to embryos. But then when you do the PGT testing, only one came back normal. So still at that point, I was like, hopeful, like I didn't know much about, you know, the process. I was like, oh, great. We have one embryo. Like that's <laughs> plenty. Good. And yeah. yeah, like we're good. Um, And so then we, we went forward with like our, our wedding and all this stuff. Um, we did take a small honeymoon before our wedding because we thought like, maybe we'll like want to get pregnant right away. And let's kind of like do things a little bit backwards for the sake of time. Um, 
And I ended up, so this is what's wild is like, I ended up actually getting pregnant the week of our wedding. Oh my goodness. And I was like, so shocked. Um, because during our like egg retrieval process, they did tell me that like one of my tubes was blocked. So like the chance of me getting pregnant, you know, I still could get pregnant and all this stuff, but I had an ectopic pregnancy, um, gosh, in like 2011. Oh my goodness. Um, Sorry. And I mean, it it happens. And even like ectopic pregnancies, I feel like there's not enough, um, conversations about that. Oh, absolutely. And there's so much to it. It's so scary. They're so dangerous. Yeah. They're very life-threatening. Like you can, you can die if, um, it's not, you know, taken care of medically and thank God for doctors, um, for, for seeing that. Cause I was rushed to the hospital. That's a whole other story, but anyways, got pregnant again. Like I was in this little fairy tale land, like, Oh my gosh, like I, we got pregnant the week of our wedding. This is so exciting. Um, we scheduled our, our first ultrasound appointment. And when we went in around, I guess it was in early December of, of 2022, um, or 2021, I'm like, what are the years? Oh, yeah, all right. together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, there was no heartbeat. Oh no, I'm so and, sorry. And still like I had hope she was like, well, let's come back in like a week and see if it started. Like you're at that phase where, you know, maybe it just hasn't started yet. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. And so we went back, um, after Christmas that year and I would have been around, um, like I guess over eight weeks, almost nine weeks, and then still no heartbeat. And I just remember like sobbing, like sobbing. And that was my first experience with like, you know, we got really excited and we thought this was it. And then to lose, to lose the baby, it's just like heartbreaking. Um, And then she asked me, you know, do you want to do the pills or do you want to schedule a DNC? And in that moment too, it's like, you don't know anything yeah and especially like as going through it the first time and if you're not if there hasn't really been anyone in your like community or group of friends that has gone through it prior like you don't really know which one to choose or you know nothing about it yeah and thank god and I guess not thank god but one of my friends um had gone through it and told me that she did the pills and she was like I didn't do the dnc I did the pills but I guess she didn't really explain to me like what happened. And so I do feel like after I took the pills, like I kind of felt like very isolated on my own. And it was honestly the worst day of my entire life. Like, I don't think people explain. And I guess this, do you add like trigger warning here? Oh yeah, I know, right? Trigger warnings, all the trigger warnings. It was just like the amount of, of blood. And then I was really sick. Like I was throwing up. Like I was, it was just like, horrible. It's like you're crying. You're in so much pain because like the cramps that it causes. And then you see like the amount of blood coming out of you. And then you're throwing up on top of that. It was just the worst day of my entire life. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I feel like doctors and I mean, we're so grateful for obviously all physicians and like all of this, but I feel like maybe because it's unfortunately so common, like it is one in four women that they just don't explain mm-hmm. it well enough of like what's going to happen and really break down. Like I know for me, I had, and I did the pills as well. I had no idea that my body is truly going into labor. Like you're yeah. passing that baby. In it. Exactly. I had no idea. I know me neither. Yeah. And I, I think you're absolutely right. And I think 
our health care system is like very flawed out here because things haven't been updated in so long. It's like the same practices have been going on for years and years and years, even when you're doing all these tests, right? Like I remember doing the HSG test, which is essentially like they blow up a balloon. Have you done an HS? Yeah. It's freaking horrible. And like, no one explained that to me. I ended up seizuring on the table. Oh my gosh. I didn't know. Like, I was just like, so shocked. I think I just feel like all these, these practices are a little bit out of date and they just expect the women to just take it and be brave. And they're like, Oh, it's mild, like discomfort. And I'm like, None of this is mild discomfort. None of this is all traumatic. hundred percent. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm so sorry for your loss. That's absolutely heartbreaking. Thank you. And, and it was heartbreaking. And now it's, I think the way that I try to look at it, cause in the moment it's like the darkest day of your life. And now I feel like it's part of our journey. Um, and that's the only way that you can look at it, I guess, without, you know, being super depressed all the time is like (laughs) try and find the silver linings. Right. So I think that was like our first bout with like, okay, this, this happened. And like, now we have to like move forward and maybe now we should actually consider doing another retrieval Mm -hmm. um, because we only have the one embryo. Um, So we fast forward a couple months, went to go do another retrieval. And then when we went in, And at this point too, like I had been taking like vitamin D and CoQ10 and all these supplements that they tell you to take to like up your levels. And like my AMH had gone up. So I was like, oh, great. Like maybe now like my body is like realizing it's supposed to do something. Um, And then we met with this new fertility doctor and he was like, oh yeah, like your AMH for this level, like I am expecting to get this many eggs yada, yada, yada. So we went in for them to like, look to see if I was ready to start the next round of shots and, you know, stims and all of that. Mm -hmm. And they only saw, I guess, like four. So he was like, okay, I think maybe we should, let's wait for the next cycle. Oh, no, that's literally the worst feeling. Oh my God. Then, yeah, I just remember being in the parking lot and just like crying, like to Jason and then having to go to work after that. And it's like, well, another thing that's so hard. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got to put a smile on and especially like in my industry, like you're just expected to be on all the time. So, um, I think, yeah, this was like around spring and we were like, again, like, okay, you know what, this is taking a big toll on us. Like we had the miscarriage and then now we have like this bad news. And I I know for so many others, it's like, even for you, like the amount of like loss and stuff, but for, for us at that point, like it was still all new to us. So we were, it just was taking a, a toll on like, well, and you're newlyweds, right? And like, and we were newlyweds. So we were like, we need to enjoy our marriage. Yep. So we decided to go and like take a real honeymoon this time. Yep. <laughs> and we're like, let's just go, you know, it was on our bucket list to go to Italy. And we were like, when we come back, you know, we don't know if we'll ever be able to do this again because we'll probably implant our baby and do this other round and all this stuff. It's going to be like a whole other like, yeah situation. So we went to Italy and then we came back and then my work was like, can you go to London for like basically 72 hours? And I was like, okay, 
So it's like trip to Europe, come back, go back to Europe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I was like, okay. And then I remember when we were coming back, we were supposed to do start the stims. So I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Um, came back from London, went to go start our sim. So this time they saw like a few more. I think they saw like around like eight, which was a great number for us. Um, started the shots and then realized, okay, took a pregnancy test, was pregnant. Oh my goodness. And I don't know why, but I think after you have um, loss, you obsess over, or at least I did, like I bought like 5,000 pregnancy tests to see if the line was like getting darker, right? Like, is, yep. <laughs> like I was like lining them up. I'm writing the dates on them. Like you just have so much trauma. So I think I bought like, I'm not joking you. I think that time we went, I think I went through like 30 pregnancy tests to be like, is this, is this real? Like, is this happening? Mm -hmm. And then I noticed that the line like wasn't really getting as dark as it had the first time. So I went to like this clinic and I was like, could you, could you do a test here? And they're like, okay, so it doesn't show that you're pregnant, but our test is like 50, like your HCG has to be at 50. And I was like, okay. And they're like, why don't you go to quest and they'll draw your blood and then we can see if it's doubling. And I was like, okay. So we went and then, um, went back, you know, 48 hours later, drew it again. And at that point, it's like, you're waiting for these blood results you're just like still continuing to take at-home pregnancy tests and I'm seeing the line, I'm seeing the line. Um, and then all of a sudden I got my period or mm -hmm. I, I was bleeding out or something. It was like a really heavy period. So it was like another, yeah. finally the doctor called, they're like, oh, sorry, you know, it did, unfortunately like your numbers didn't double and I wanted to be like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm bleeding. Yeah. I'm bleeding. So um, and so it was another, pregnancy loss but they called this one like a chemical pregnancy which I guess is also very common but another term that I wasn't even familiar with yeah. oh I'm um, so sorry and so we were just like so upset again but we had it like scheduled to start the stims so we're like okay I guess you know I'm bleeding like do we need to wait a cycle can we start now and they're like no you could start we could start now and I was like okay so we were on day two of shots and then I wasn't feeling good. And I took a test and I had COVID. Oh my gosh. Sadie, I was no. like, are you kidding me? It was just, you know, and it's funny because the doctor said this to me. He's like, unfortunately in this, in this world of fertility, it's bad news until it's good news. Wow. And that was the most real thing that anybody could say to me is like, it's just bad news until it's good news. Cause you feel like you're just getting hit by a car, like over and over and over again, like straight to your gut basically is what it feels like, like just gut punch after gut punch. Um, and so we had to stop the stims, reorder medicine, which is like so expensive. Okay. Yeah. Which is so crazy expensive in itself. And then you mm -hmm. only got to do it for what you said, two days. Yeah. So we did two oh, days. Wow. You have to order medicine, but unfortunately a lot of the medicine, it's not like two days of medicine. Right. Mm -hmm. So we had to order like a whole new, like gondol F pen and you have to order more like Cetratet, like all of these, even talking about all these medications. I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> 
it is it's all traumatizing um and so we waited another cycle went back in they saw you know I think it was like seven or or eight so we're like okay yeah we're comfortable moving forward um we went through the retrieval the next cycle ended up getting seven eggs again only three turned into embryos and then again only one normal and one of them was low mosaic um so I know that there's like hope with low mosaic and and all of that so now we have um at that point then we were like okay we feel good like we have three embryos like we want to transfer so fast forward um we met with a doctor and they were like do you want to do acupuncture do you want to do um an ERA and so we're like okay we need to research all this stuff and also I I don't know about you but I felt like it was never explained to me what a transfer entails yeah no I mean I had I just knew that they just basically put the embryo up you I didn't really know what they did how they did it and the fact that you have to start taking medications like weeks beforehand and the progesterone oil like all of that it's like you're basically doing a whole other round of like egg retrieval but you have to do the progesterone shots for for me I think we we stopped around 11 or 12 weeks so it was like preparing my body again for just like the amount of shots that we do when you're doing fertility treatments is wild right same literally it's it's just insane it's like hundreds and hundreds of shots well it's like a full-time job I think that's like the biggest thing now like obviously going through it and now hearing all like people's stories just on the show I I like that's like my biggest thing is when I talk to people, I'm like, just prepare yourself. Like this is like a full time, not only just mentally, but like uh-huh. physically you were adding in like another full-time job. Yeah. And your body is going through all these, these changes. Cause you're essentially just injecting, you know, hormones into your body constantly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we decided to not do the ERA and I know some people like have had a lot of success, but we said, I want my body to feel as much like me as possible. Because if you're doing a whole round without actually implanting, and then you do go to implant, I thought, what if that medication messes with this? I don't know. In my mind, it just felt like there wasn't enough research around it. Um, and we were also just anxious to like implant this first embryo. Um, and so we ended up doing it. And I know you're supposed to wait. And she, the doctor was like, okay, wait to, you know, people are going to be anxious with a pregnancy test, but you know, do your best to wait for 10 days and then you'll come back and we'll draw your blood. And I was like, there's no possible way lady that I can wait. So again, I did the whole, like, I'm going to buy a million pregnancy tests. And I think around like day five, I started testing. I saw the faintest, faintest line. And I was like, okay, but now I know it could be a chemical pregnancy. I know it could it could not take, like, I don't want to get my hopes up. So I then tested again the next day, the next, all the way up until like the 10 day. And I kept seeing like, okay, the line's getting a little bit darker. The line's getting a little bit darker, but I think when you've had loss again, it's still like you have this PTSD, like you just don't believe it's real. Yeah. Like you just think, you know, okay, when's the other, the other shoe going to drop? So we go in like all you know, all you know, is loss negative Mm -hmm. things surrounding pregnancy. Yeah. 
so I just was like, okay, I can't, you know, and I think that's like the hardest thing about loss is, is that it takes away your ability to feel joy during pregnancy because you, you just think it's not, it's not going to happen for me. Yeah. Um, and so we went in and the doctor was like, okay, congratulations. You're pregnant. You need to come back in two days and we'll, we'll test your blood again and make sure the levels are doubling and you have to go in basically like every other day for like the first, for that whole first week to make sure that the numbers are going up. So like you said, yes, it is like a full-time job. And I was going, I think at like the earliest appointment, like 7am and then like going to work after. Um, and they kept doubling, they kept doubling. And I was on like Dr. Google constantly, which I don't recommend being like, is this enough? Is it not enough? Like, what is, you know, it's trying like a to comparison. Yeah. And like going on Reddit threads, like the amount of ra- rabbit holes I went through on Reddit to be like, what is this, you know, level of HCG mean? Uh, and like, okay, it's not exactly doubling, but it's going up and then freaking out about like, why didn't it, didn't it double enough? Or like, why isn't it as high as other people? Like you just, you oh, drive yourself, you drive. Yeah. You're just driving yourself. Um, nuts basically um you want it so bad that's like what it obviously stems from like you want something so desperately that you're going to do like everything in your power to try and get it and mm-hmm. then so you're like okay like just going and like you said like just going down a spiral and literally just like looking at everything possible to make sure like that doesn't happen and hopefully you get what you want I mean yeah it's yeah it's it's, it's, it's you know And so, um, and at this point too, it's like, you're doing the progesterone oil shots every morning at the same time. So then those, I think we had to do ours every morning at 8am. And I remember too, being so on top of it, of doing it at the exact same time that when we were going in for, for our appointments, we would bring the progesterone oil. And like, my husband would literally inject me like in the parking lot (laughs) because it's like, we would have our appointments at like 745 and then I'd be like, okay you know, they take your blood really quickly and then you leave. And then I'm like, all right, now we got to do the progesterone oil outside in the parking lot at 8am. Like (laughs) things you do. Right. And never in a million years, did you think you would be dropping your pants in a parking lot? In a parking lot. Exactly. Yeah. And looking back at it now, I'm like, wow, the things we did and it's just wild. And I, I also, am like so grateful that this first transfer worked. Cause I also, you know, I'm in all these Facebook groups and people are always asking, you know, did anyone's first transfer work? And they're looking for hope just the same way that I was looking for hope. And so I always try to respond to be like, you know, this isn't everybody's story. And I know some people that have transferred multiple, multiple embryos and it hasn't worked. Mm -hmm. Um, I even know for your story, right? So yeah, well, we actually, my first transfer worked, but my first rounds of IVF did it. Yeah. Okay. So that we just did like the egg retrievals, but we, all of our testing just kept coming back abnormal, but cats transfer didn't work. Didn't work. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so I know it's not everyone's like, everyone's journey is just so different. And I'm so grateful that like our first transfer did work, but still, I don't think I ever enjoyed the pregnancy really at all because I was so stressed out that something was wrong. And so I was just you know, even up to like, you know, we get to like the, the first trimester scan, then we get to the 20 week scan and the doctors kept saying like, no, everything, everything is 
everything's good. She's growing normally. Everything's good. But I still was like, are you sure? And like, so protective over this pregnancy, because I just kept feeling like, I don't, it doesn't feel real to me. And then I, you know, we bought a Doppler, which they say not to do. Cause I needed to make sure I could like hear her heartbeat all the time. Um, and then towards the end of the pregnancy, I just was like, the, I, I want to make sure that like nothing bad happens. Cause I had read so many stories and like, you hear things in the news all the time. And I was just like, I was just so anxious the entire time. All that to say, like, she is here. Our labors <laughs> was a whole other story. It was oh 33 hours of labor turned into a C-section. So I was oh, like, nothing, nothing is easy, right? Like no, just, no. It just, none of it could be easy. So um, it was that, but all, all through that and like towards the end of the, the pregnancy, I was like, I if I could help people and cause people would ask me like, Oh my gosh, how did you go through all that? Cause I was always open about this. And I was like, I wish that I had frozen my eggs when I was 25. And I hate that fertility is so much on the woman. Um, because I also think like male factor is like a big part of it. But for me as a woman, I felt like I wish I had frozen my eggs, you know, yeah. 10 years before I did, because I do think it potentially could have saved us a lot of the stress and a lot of the, the letdown of like, oh, you only got one embryo, which at first we were excited about. But then when you do another round and you're like, wait, we only got one more normal embryo. And you hear other people's stories of transfers not working. And at the end of the day, it becomes a little bit of a numbers game, unfortunately. Um, I was like, I wish I had just like known more about my body. Like, I wish I had understood like what even AMH was, right? And the fact that when my AMH went up, it was like a false going up because I'd been taking so much vitamin D and like that all messed with like my numbers. Like, I just wish I had been more educated. And so that's why we decided to start Novolin um, was just kind of to like help educate people and like offer the, these tests. Cause I think until you go see a fertility doctor, you don't even know that you should be looking at your AMH. And even that, like, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I have no idea. Usually OBs don't tell you to even go to the fertility clinic until that first year. And in that, after a year of trying, they're still not even, at least in my opinion, or like my experience, mm-hmm. they didn't test anything in that year of trying. Right. Don't get anything tested until you're then moved on. Exactly. And even when you're in the fertility clinic, I feel like they do these tests, but you don't know even then what they're testing for, right? Like I, you just are, are my numbers okay? And I remember too, like the first time um, when we went in and we realized my AMH was low, she still didn't explain to me what, what that was. Mm -hmm. She just said, I wouldn't wait. I would, I would freeze your eggs now. Like it was like bad news. I was like, you know, I asked and like, thank God, you know, my dad works in the, in the health space. And he always says like, request your medical records. And I think that's like the biggest takeaway from, from him through all this. And I'm so grateful for, and that I wish everyone knew. So your medical records are your medical records. And when you go to a doctor, you should always ask for copies of your medical records And I think that's why people are always scared to like even switch doctors or find a new doctor because of the headache and the hassle that it, that it creates to like, 
oh, well, do you have your medical records or do you have to fill out these forms again? Or do you have to, you know, I think it's just, it's, I wish there was a portal where all of your medical records could just be stored and you could just like pull them up whenever you need them. Oh. And you could like read them yourselves and like understand what everything meant because I think that's like the biggest disconnect, especially with like women's healthcare is we don't have access to our own medical records or know what's going on with our bodies. And like, that's the most important thing. And that was really the catalyst of this business of like, we should be taking our health into our own hands, at least from like a baseline standpoint. So we can understand if there is something going on because no one's going to be as big of an advocate for you as yourself. Absolutely. And, you know, if you can, if you feel like you are in your early thirties or you're noticing like your period is, is getting heavier or it's getting lighter or there's something going on, like you should be looking into that. And like, if you do want to go to your doctor and talk about it, I would highly recommend that. But also if you're just curious and you want to do it at home or you don't have insurance or whatever it may be, like, there's nothing more important in our lives and our health. And so like get tested, ask your doctor, get it at home kit, whatever it is. And like, just check in on yourself. I think that's what we wanted to be able to provide because again, like, I wish I had just like known what all these terms meant and like been able to check on my levels when I was like 25. And then when I was 30 and, you know, I was mad at myself for waiting for so long, but you just don't know what you don't know. And I think that's just, the biggest thing. Mm-hmm, and so I like, love that now you started Novalin and it it's going to help so many women and couples I feel like out there because they'll be able to have answers earlier on than having to wait to see a specialist or you know wait that year of trying or they can just know things right up front like if you're in your 20s a college student I know we've Kat and I have talked about it before of you know even when if you're in college and you want to get your AMH checked and just see and like if it's low like you can freeze your eggs and like, even yeah. if you don't have a partner yet, you could just freeze them to have that like lifeline for down yes. the road when you're ready. And I think too, it relieves so much stress off of people. Like, especially now that I've been talking to so many people about this, they're like, oh my gosh, like, should I freeze my eggs? Should I not? And I'm like, yes, freeze your eggs yep. because, you know, they're like, well, I don't even have a boyfriend yet. I'm like, Exactly. There you go. Yes. Freeze, freeze your eggs. Or they're like, I don't know if I want kids or I don't know about this. I'm like, you might change your mind. And the number one thing that we can do for ourselves is give ourselves, um, like borrowed time almost. Right. And like taking our health into our own hands. And I'm so grateful for science because it allows us to like, to do that. And so, you know, these tests, I think, yeah, test yourself in college, test yourself when you're in your early twenties, test yourself when you're in your early thirties. And then, yeah, if it gets a little bit low, I would say freeze your eggs (laughs) because it's like, you know, it's like, you don't want to go through what so many people have gone through before you, like, if you can prevent it. Like I just, I, knowing what I went through, I'm like, gosh, if someone could go and freeze their eggs at like 28 and get, you know, 20 eggs, as opposed to waiting until they're 35 and getting like, you know, you're going to have to do more retrievals at that point, if this isn't going to work out for you. And some people, you know, I don't want this to be like a scary thing. Like some people can go. And I had a friend recently. um, She's now she's 42. 
she welcomed a son um, at 41. They tried for a year when she was 40 and they were able to get pregnant. So I, I do know everyone's story is different. Even like my aunt struggled with infertility for so long and ended up adopting two children. And then when she was 40, ended up getting pregnant naturally. Wow. Um, so I know, you know, there's always hope. And I think that that's like the thing that we can all like hold on to is like, there is always some sort of hope. And that's, you know, the only thing that really gets me through and hopefully can get other people through. There's a little bit of just like, even if it's just a glimmer of, of hope or sunshine, like that's what we need to like, keep going through our journeys. No, I love that. It's so true. But also like, I, we do have science on our side. And so if we can get answers earlier on, I feel like that's just such a positive thing and such, it does give us hope both ways of, you know, mm-hmm. there may, you may get pregnant naturally. You may not have any issues with fertility, which obviously we wish for everyone. We don't yeah. want anyone to walk through this journey. We've been through it. We don't wish this upon anyone because it's the hardest thing ever. Um, but if you could get a kickstart to it and get things tested earlier, like for mm-hmm. sure do it or like, like recommend it. Yeah. Because you know, the doctors, yeah. Like you said, they make you wait a year of trying or they're not even testing everything that they should be like PCOS is such a prevalent thing and you can have PCOS very early on and never be tested for it. And just think that like your heavy, heavy periods are, are normal, right? Because doctors so often are like, Oh no, that's normal. Like, you know, this is just your cycle. This is just how you are, or you cannot be getting any periods. And they're like, oh no, that's fine. Like they just, for some reason are like, so not quick to start testing for all these things until it's been a certain amount of time. Which is super frustrating for the person. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Even like people with like endometriosis, you know, they don't even know that they have it for so long. Cause they just think, you know, painful periods are the way it is. We've always had it. Yeah. And so I just think if you can test your yourself and then you can take those results too, and go to your doctor and be like, Hey, you know, my AMH is really, really low. Could we start talking about freezing my eggs? Yeah. Well, that- super empowering too, just as a woman, just to know, I mean, cause I didn't know half the things about my body. And I feel like that's, we should, it's my body. Like we should know what's going on, the ins and outs of our own like body. And as a woman Mm -hmm. to just be empowered and be able to have that confidence of knowing, you know, the results ready before you even go to the doctor. I feel like it's just, yes. And that's, you know, if we can educate ourselves more, I think that's the biggest, biggest thing. We just need to all educate ourselves and um, not go down these rabbit holes on Reddit once it's, <laughs> once you're, Google. that's like, or Dr. Google, like that is really where I started thinking like, okay, I need to get my information from the internet because nobody's talking about it. Like my doctor never explained like, oh yeah, six eggs is probably not ideal mm-hmm. to work with. And it wasn't even until like, I started going down these rabbit holes of like, oh, okay. Yeah you know, I'm probably going to have to do a couple more rounds. Like, you know, I just was so naive at first and being like, Oh, okay. We got six eggs. Great. And then you start realizing, Oh, if the sky is getting a little bit darker, 
the more I'm reading, but the doctors don't tell you there. Sometimes I think, you know, you just feel like another number in a factory, right? You just feel like, oh, this is like another day in the neighborhood for them. And they're not fully invested in your journey Mm -hmm. at all. If anything, it's like the more, you know, unfortunately it's like a financial thing for them. They're like, okay, great. We're going to build the insurance or we're going to, they, they're not thinking about it like that at all. But for us, we're like, okay, how much is this going to cost? And like another round of medicine, it's like thousands of dollars and you want as many chances as, as possible, um, for things to work like that first time. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's your entire life. It's, this is their job and this is literally your entire life, your future, your family. So it's just, I mean, it's just different obviously, cause you're so, yeah. yeah. And so again, it's like test, test yourself as early as possible because you don't want it to be a, a stressful thing. And like a thing where you're constantly having to do rounds and rounds and rounds and, and hopefully nobody has yeah. to do that. And but hopefully I'm, not a shock. So like, if you have this, you know, then, I mean, I'm sure at first, if it is low or whatever, it's going to be a shock, but you're not then shocked later on. And you can then take it and like, learn all about it. Like talk to your doctors early, just gain all the knowledge. And so then you can best approach it and be like, okay, now this is what I'm planning to do. Even for the future, if you don't have a boyfriend or you don't have a partner, whatever it may be, then you just kind of have a game plan from the start versus years down the line, being shocked with it and being like, oh my goodness, what do I do now? Exactly. And even if you aren't sure that you want children, like you should still be understanding your fertility. Like you should still be understanding what's going on with your body and you should feel empowered by the knowledge that you, that you can get that is out there. Well, I love that. Okay. So Novalin fertility is what it's called. And how can people access it? What kind of, I know we talked a little bit about some of the tests that you offer, but can you just tell us a little bit about different kits that you have there? You said they're at home kits. Can you just share that? So if you go to novelinfertility.com, you can look at all of our different test kits and we work with like a best in class lab. And actually, so our our um, the blood car technology that we use is the same blood car technology that was used um, for modern fertility, but we took it and like, we advanced our tests. So we have a comprehensive, um, women's fertility at home test kit. We have one that's just for your AMH and vitamin D, which is not offered anywhere else. Um, because of my own story, right. Of my own, like my AMH was going up because my vitamin D was going up so much. And at first maybe it appeared lower because I was, I had such a vitamin D deficiency. So I think people need to understand. And there's actually a, a Q and a that we did with a doctor on there that explains how your vitamin D can affect your AMH levels. Um, so we have that kit. We have a PCOS kit. We, um, have an anemia kit, diabetes, um, a thyroid panel, essential vitamin panel, um, just like a general woman's health, which tests for your DHEA, your estrogen and your cortisol levels, because cortisol, I think people should also be really informed about, which is a stress hormone and how your stress hormones can actually affect your fertility. Wow. It's like all these different things. And then we also have an STD kit that you could do at home. I think some people are, are either embarrassed for some reason to go and like ask for an STD kit, but like 
those can really affect your fertility, like whether it's um, chlamydia, gonorrhea, trick, HSV, like all of those things left untreated can affect your fertility. So like test yourself yeah. <laughs> is like the number one thing. And so the way that it works is like, you'll get our kit. It's a finger prick, as opposed to like, if you do go to quest, you know, they're taking like vials and vials of blood. So for this, we give you, um, these little, um, lancets and you just poke your finger, you put it on the card, you mail it back in, and then you have a portal through our website where you can, you'll get your results in a couple of days and they'll be uploaded to the portal. It's all HIPAA compliant. Um, and when you log in, you'll see like, okay, here's my, you know, urine test results, my blood test results. Um, so it's all organized there for you. And then, you know, you can print out your results if you want to and take it to your doctor, or you can just look at your levels and be like, okay, I'm good. Or, okay, I want to go and potentially freeze my eggs if they're a little bit low, or if you realize like your thyroid is, is off, or if you realize, um, you know, maybe you look at, you do the PCOS test and you're like, okay, this explains a lot of what's going on to me. I should go talk to my doctor about this. Um, you can do all of that. So all of our labs are CLIA certified, meaning that they meet the highest, um, um, level of, of testing. So the labs are all good, speedy results, everything again, HIPAA compliant, so safe and secure. Um, and I would just encourage people to test yourselves, whether it's our tests or other tests, whatever it is, I just think test yourself. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Katie. No, I appreciate that so much. And I think our listeners really are going to appreciate it and definitely check it out. I feel like, especially because it is affordable, right? So I think it's huge when you're already going through on this end, if you're going through fertility, it's so expensive. Mm -hmm. There's so much to pay for. Um, and just to have something that's more affordable too, and gives you so much answers, I think is so. Yeah. Our, our AMH and vitamin D test is $129. And if you did go to like a quest lab out of pocket, it's much more expensive and people can even Google that and see how much more expensive it is. And, um, our cost for that is also lower than like other competitors out there. And again, ours is the only test that you could do your AMH and your vitamin D together, which is like so important to do because at least for me, like my vitamin D like really did affect things, um, and gave me like a false, false hope. (laughs) Um, so yeah, test, test yourself. Like that is the number one thing I would just continue. Like the messaging is test yourself. (laughs) <laughs> Not to sound like a broken record. <laughs> no, it's it's so important. And we so appreciate you coming on and sharing your journey with us. And so excited for you that baby girl is here and that, you know, your journey did end with a very happy ending. So we're so excited for you. And not only, of course, you got your baby girl, but it led to just a really cool and empowering business adventure. So that's awesome. And I know you're going to help so many, so many people out there. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And um, if you guys are listening, yeah, go to novelinfertility.com and you guys can even just read, you know, the blogs that we have with doctors on there. And then we share our story a bit on there as well. And hopefully this can just be a community for people um, to continue to be able to educate themselves is like the number one thing. Like we all need to just educate ourselves and then share, right? Absolutely that's been the most, that was the most helpful for me was just hearing other people's stories. So 
Well, yeah, we love. I appreciate you. Like yeah. you are just wonderful, and I'm so grateful for this opportunity. So, thank you. Oh, thank you. And we will link your um, Instagram as well as the website, so everyone will be able to access it there. Um, but again, thank you, Katie, for being on. We really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day.